Turn with me, if you will, to one verse. One verse, Matthew 5, 41 today. Matthew 5, 41. Pastor is in Rome, Italy, I believe, right this past week. And uh, covet your prayers. I'm sure he would appreciate you praying for him as he's doing the work of the Lord over there. Amen. Be back. He'll be back in a day or so, I think, and we'll be glad to see him, won't we? Amen. The Bible said, Jesus said, and whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Go with him twain. Double that. Isn't that something? Don't just go a mile, but go with him twain. I'm going to preach to you for a little while about this subject, the danger of just enough. The danger of just enough. You may be seated. You know, we've come a long way here in Bethlehem in the past 76 years or so. 77, I guess it is now. We started, uh, started with a little one-room schoolhouse with the revival there, and the Lord has brought us from that to a, like a 28, 30-foot by 50-foot building or so, and had that, uh, had that building and worshiped there. And I remember the old pot-belly stove in the center of the, the, center of the building, Ma Nelson and Sister Pipkin, Ma Pipkin would uh, bring wood and stoke the fire and get us get us going. But uh, then we moved on to the other auditorium and this auditorium, and hopefully in a few months we can get in this other auditorium. We've come a long way. The, the old song said, "We've come a long way, baby." I hope we're not babies anymore, but we have come a long way, have we? And I think we've come a long way spiritually. I want to believe our church is better spiritually than it's ever been. If it's not, it ought to be. And if you're not, I need some more you ought to be's. We ought to be. So I don't take away from where we've been and how far we've come, but I sure would like to get another little step higher today. I'd like to get another step closer to God. I'd like to feel his presence like I've never felt it before. I'd like to know he's mine today. Amen. Whosoever shall compel him thee to go a mile, go with him twain. It is known here that Jesus was speaking to people who did not have the privilege of a free society and in this instance was referring to the Roman legionary law which allowed a Roman soldier to force a civilian to carry his kit or burden or weights of whatever it was for a kilometer but no further. Jameson Fawcett Brown commentary said this was an allusion probably to the practice of the Romans in some eastern nations who when government dispatches had to be forwarded obliged the people not only to furnish horses and carriages but to give personal attendance often at great inconvenience when required. But the thing here demanded is a readiness to submit to unreasonable demands of whatever kind. Instead of raising quarrels, they would just submit to these unreasonable demands. And from my understanding and study and whatever of the Roman rule, they could be very demanding upon them upon those in opposition to them. The packs that these soldiers had to carry were heavy and could weigh up to a 100 pounds, 100 pounds. 
Roman soldiers, of course, were human just like the rest of us. It's understandable if they grew weary lugging their burdens around in the deserts of ancient Israel. It must have been a real task for them. But to motivate them and keep them going and provide, a, and provide occasional relief, again, the law required them, uh, required the ability to force a Jew to carry their pack for one Roman mile equal to a thousand paces. If you were a Jewish citizen, I'm just laying a foundation here for a short sermon, you hopefully. <laughs> but to, uh, it, uh, if you were a Jewish citizen, you were not allowed to resist. You had to take that burden a thousand paces or you would suffer terrible consequences. To do so would be an act of rebellion if you refused. It would be an act of rebellion and the Roman Empire delivered harsh punishments to one who defied them, as I've already said. With our modern perspectives, however, when it says, go with him twain, we take this to mean we should go above and beyond expectations. Oh, I could preach right there. Do more than required or put in the extra effort. After all, in America, we don't just reward people for doing the basic duties of their jobs. We want them to exceed bare minimums. Oh, I've been... Uh, my title is The Danger of Just Enough. God doesn't just want and expect good experiences out of us. He wants greatness. I hope you heard your pastor a couple of weeks ago or so talking about the greatness within us. I just don't think, along with him, I just don't think we have reached our greatest potential here in Bethlehem. Oh, I, I, I am thankful. And, 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 and I, 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 I don't know if I'm bragging about it or whatever, but I am thankful that we hear from time to time that this church has been a light to many churches in our organization and in others, if you will, in our state and in, in the United States and in a, around the world. But I still don't believe We've reached our greatest potential yet. I think we've hung around just enough for long enough. Oh, I feel something in this room. Oh, yes, such an M. God doesn't just want and expect good experiences. He wants greatness. Such an ex impressive experience is only achievable if we go, however, the proverbial extra mile. I don't want to be that one that says, what can I get by with? What is the minimum it takes for me to be saved? I'm preaching already to somebody. I may not be preaching to everybody here today, but there's enough of us in here that, that, that needs this. Maybe out there in internet land, somebody needs this. Can I get by with what I'm doing? I don't want to be that kind of attitude. God, help us not to be that kind of a nature. Oh, I want to know what doth the Lord require of me. Then I want to reach out a little farther and go a little higher. Anybody here with me today? How many of you as employers have hired those kind of folks? Just the minimum. They're not going to get there but 30 seconds, if you will, before the time clock starts. And as soon as that time clock ended, they're done, they're over. And I understand tall and work and hard work. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt for it. But there's a lot of people that's just barely want it. They just want to be there long enough to get their paycheck, get on their way, 
not put in, oh, is anybody, has any employers ever hired anybody like that? Come on, put, put your hand up, confess with me today. I've had a few around here. <laughs> Woo, don't start me naming names here. <laughs> but we've all had those kind of people, it seemed, that, that was just, 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 just get by, just enough. Oh, Luke 17, 9 said, Doth he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I should think not. I trow not. I should think not, in other words. I don't need to thank him for what I've paid him for. Does God have to thank you for you uh, thank you for just doing what you're commanded to do? Does God have to bless you for just doing? Oh Lord, am I preaching or not? Does God have to bless you for just doing what you have to do to be saved? Come on, I want to go the extra mile here today. Oh yes. Like the contributories, the streams and rivers that flow into the ocean. From the ocean comes every drop of water that rolls down into the river's bed. Like those that fell into it in rain from the sky and those that flowed into it from tributary rivers and those that sprang from hidden veins in the earth. Even although it should restore all, it gives only what it received. It could not flow, it could not be without the free gift of all from the sea. The rivers flow in it, but the, the way they get their water back is because the ocean gives back up into the atmosphere and it rains again. Come on, well, none of us ought to have to be thanked for what we do. We, oh, Lord, my daddy used to say, coming to church is just our reasonable service. Come on, living for God is just our reasonable service. We ought not have to have a blessing just, just to come to church. Oh, yeah, but I want to tell you, I believe God blesses those that go the extra mile and do, does the right thing to see the kingdom of God blessed and, and prospered and advanced. Oh, yes. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, Jesus went on to say, we are unprofitable, you say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. In other words, just doing the first mile is our duty. Come on, and just by doing our written duty, we don't, we just count ourselves unprofitable. Not that we're unprofitable, but we just count ourselves unprofitable. I think God, I, I, I've spoken to a lot of people throughout my ministry, and they'd come to me and say, look like I'm not accomplishing anything. Looks like I'm not, uh, I'm, I, 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 just, I just feel that there, there's something else I need to do, and, and I have not progressed. I've not made any, but I'm going to tell you something. If you reach that point, then you're su supposed to still count yourself unprofitable so you won't quit, so you'll go again the second mile. Come on now. So you'll go again and get up and be about your father's business. Oh, Lord, I hope I can get this message across. I, was, I, was, I woke up early, uh, early one morning this weekend, and uh, uh, let, me, let me back up. A, a year ago or so, I was preaching in a, in a, in a, uh, in a conference and two speakers, I believe, got up before me. One of them said, one of them said, the Lord woke me up at four o'clock and gave me this word. Maybe the first one said 4.30. And then the next one got up and said four o'clock and gave me this message. I don't know what that means. I don't, means it, I don't know if they're thinking that, uh, that if they got up four o'clock, they a whole lot more spiritual than the one that got up at 4.30. But Brother Patton, you know what I got up and said? I said, I didn't get this at four o'clock. I got it about seven or eight o'clock. <laughs> I'm not trying to tell you I'm spiritual, but I, I will tell you, I believe, I and mean, you hardly ever tell, hear me say the Lord spoke to me. I just, I just try to stay awake because I've heard a whole lot of folks, Betty, that say the Lord said and the Lord didn't say. 
So, so I let you judge whether the Lord said it or not. But I'm here to tell you, the, uh, I, I woke up that morning and this thought came to me somehow in my mind. People are just trying. There are some people that are just trying just to get by. I tell you what, I laid it on the shelf, if you will. I, I, I think that morning I, I got my phone. I didn't want to get up at 7. I didn't want to get up at whatever time it was. But I got my phone and started, as, as the notes started coming to me, and, 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 and I've been, I've been I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you how spiritual I am now. But I've, I've been praying across this, playing across this place. And God, give me a message for the hour. Give me a message. And look like God started talking and working on me, and I couldn't pray for writing notes down. And that morning, that's sort of like it was. I couldn't go back to sleep for writing notes on my iPhone because I didn't want to get up and get a piece of paper. But I'm here to tell you, I, I laid it on the shelf and, and I started working on other material. That's not what we need. God, you know, you know, Lord, you know I know better than you do what these folks need. And, and I laid it on the shelf and I worked on two or three more subjects. I looked like about all week. But last yesterday, I was praying again. Hallelujah, I am spiritual, ain't I? I was praying again and God belted me with this message. So here it is today. I'm here to tell somebody, you can't stay where you are. You can't just go... You just can't go one mile. Somebody's got to get up and go the second mile. What kind of mentality is that? Just get by. The carpenter that does the job on the house if he just wants to barely pass inspection, I'm not sure that that's the kind of house I want to live in. That mentality may be all right, however, in building a house. That mentality may be all right in working on natural things, but in eternal matters, that's too much of a risk. Because I'm here to tell you, sir, we only have one shot at our eternal resting place. You're not going to go to hell and get out. You're not going to go into everlasting, everlasting punishment and get out and say, I wish I'd have done more, so I'm going to try. No, it's going to be over. So what you got to do is go the first mile and then get up and carry the load another mile. It's my understanding according to the custom, and I think the first person I ever heard preach this was a preacher that came out of Alabama. I'm trying to think of his name. Maybe before I finish, I will. Brother Brother S.E. Pilot. You ever heard that name, Brother, Brother uh, Patton? Brother S.E. Pilot. Wow, what a preacher. But I think this is where I first got this thought. It was a, according to the custom of the Jews that they would literally step off or measure the footage of exactly that mile because they knew they had to go that mile. A mile is what, 5,280 feet. That sound good? Just close enough, huh? I caught that. 5,000. One, two, three. That's three foot. Every, I can just about step off exactly three foot. If I went, if I went 333 feet, Brother Dunwoody, I could might near get you to exactly 1,000 feet. One, two, three, four. And they would keep on 333 steps, if you will, up, 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 uh, to a mile. And then when they got to that mile, Brother Austin, 
They probably didn't have the post hole digger that we have like today. Brother Ronnie wanted to plant some trees for me the other day, and I'd, I'd already barred Tim's old rickety handheld post hole digger and put a few down, but he comes up there with a, with a gas-powered boom. Man, that thing just dug that dirt and threw it out and ground it up while it was bringing it out. And, but, but I don't know if they had a post hole digger. I don't know what they had. I don't know if they took some kind of timber and drove a post in the ground. But at 5,280 feet from their house, probably both ways. So if he was going this way, they'd know when to stop over there. Are you with me? And if he was going that way, he knew where to stop over there. A post one mile from their house. And brother, that old Jew says, I'm not going any farther than that one mile because I'm not going to guess at it. I'm going to stop when that 5,280 feet is up. He drove that post up there. And here he was carrying that burden. And when he got it to that post, he dropped it and took off home. Oh, yes, exactly a mile and drive up a post, a mile marker, if you will. And they wouldn't carry the burden. They'd carry it and drop it off exactly again at that point. But you know what? Jesus comes on the scene and says, go with him. I, I got some over here, but I didn't get any over here. Go with him. The Jews didn't have a second mile post, though. So they would have to carry it long enough to please the Roman or long enough to make it feel like it was another mile. I am saying they could carry it farther than a mile. Oh, yes, they didn't just stop at somewhere a couple of feet away from the house, but they could carry it farther than the second mile. When you get to that point that you want to please God, you don't use measurements to determine your dedication. Your heart becomes involved in the process. Well, there's a lot of preaching right there. Come on, when we get our deep down soul, our heart in tune with God, it doesn't matter what they preach. It doesn't matter how, how hard it is. You'll say, God, I'll go that mile, and then I'll go that mile, and I'll go another mile. And if he preaches something else, I'll go another mile. I'm preaching to somebody today. There's a danger in that attitude of one mile attitude. God help us. When you love God, it doesn't matter what you have to do. And I remember Brother Pilate teaching on tithes. He said, paying tithes is only the first mile. And you know where the location of that marker is. Anybody know where that is? It's 10% of your increase. But to offerings, there is no limit. You hadn't paid your tithes until you've given 10%. And anything over 10% is not tithes. Whoa, but he said, go with them. I can't hardly hear you. Go with him. So what do you do? You take out your pocketbook, you write your tithes down, you put it in the offering plate, if you will. Oh, then you pay your off, you give your offerings too. And you don't know where that second mile ends. Come on, I'm telling you, it seems to me, the Bible said, Matthew 3, 10 and 11 said, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. 
if I will not open up you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you're not able to receive. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast, cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. You know what I think? I think tithes opens up heaven. He said he'd bring you tithes, and I'll open up heaven. Bring tithes, open up heaven, and offer and the offerings pours you out the blessing. Come on, the first mile, you don't even have to be thanked for. Oh, I appreciate you. No, you don't even have to be hear the words, I thank you for paying your tithe. That's just the first part of it. That's just the first mile. Well, but when God sees you pouring out your offering to him, he opens up heaven and pours you out a blessing. You're not even able to risk my God. Somebody ought to get a picture of this. Somebody ought to get a picture of this. You want God to bless you, of course, pay your tithe and give your offerings and keep on giving and God will keep on giving. I'm looking at people across this congregation today that didn't just stop the first mile. They didn't just pay their tithes, but they paid their tithes and gave their offerings. And I can see God, I've watched God bless them physically, mentally, spiritually, financially. They got more than they've ever had because God opened up heaven because they went the second mile. Praise him a little while. Take a little time to praise. Everybody stand to your feet and praise him a little while. That's right. Praise him a little while. The more you sow, the more you will reap. Forget about that second mile post. Go on and on and on and on serving God, and he will bless you. Matthew 23, 23 said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not leave the other undone. In other words, don't leave paying tithes of mint and anise and cumin. Don't, don't, don't leave that undone. But add to that law, judgment, mercy, and faith. And I wonder, I wonder how in the world can you measure mercy? How can you measure faith? That's second mile stuff, folks. Come on now. Oh, I want God. Oh, Lord. Wouldn't it be bad if God drew, drew, drove up a stake in our lives and said, this is as far as I'm going with you. Aren't you glad, oh, he, aren't you glad he doesn't do what we do and drive up a stake and says, this is as far as I'm going? No, he keeps on having mercy and keeps on having mercy and keeps on, oh, his mercy is new every day. My God, I'm not living on yesterday's mercy. I got brand new mercies today. I'm glad he didn't drive a post in my life somewhere back yonder, but I'm glad he went the second mile. Oh, it's tongue-talking weather in here. It's time to receive something from God in here. It's time for somebody to say, I'm going on, Lord. I'm going on, God. I'm reaching Father God. Rich young ruler said, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, Matthew 19. And the verse 21 said, the young man said unto him, all these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? I just thought of this just now. Why, if the law was just enough, why did he say, what lack I yet? I've done all these things. Because I feel like there was an inbred, in ground, if you will, knowledge of something about God's kingdom in this young, rich young ruler's mind. And if you be honest with me, 
And if you'll be honest with God, you know the first mile is not enough. You know just getting by is not enough. Oh, yeah. And so he said, what lack I? Yet Jesus said, if thou wilt be perfect, go sell that thou hast. Watch this. And give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And he didn't stop there. And he said, and come and follow me. I got a sneaking feeling. Is that a good way to say it? That's the way I said it. But uh, I got a feeling that when he come to Jesus and Jesus started walking and he started following, he would have probably told him something else to do. And that's okay because he's the master. That's okay because he's the savior. That's okay because he's the one that brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Whatever it takes, God, I love you enough that I'm gonna come. I've done all these other things, but I'm gonna come and I'm going to follow you. Following Jesus is more than just obeying the law. Pray just enough to get by. Come to church just enough to get by. Worship just enough to get by. Work around the church just enough to get by. Witness just enough to get by. Let me get a little more personal. Well, I am anyway. <laughs> Dress and keep your personal appearance just enough to please the pastor or church. Just enough to get on the platform. Whew. I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, men ought to look like men. And women ought to look like women. Men ought to wear men's clothes and women ought to wear women's clothes. And both of them ought to be modest in their attire. Not just enough to get by. Please, God, I want to please God. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, Romans 12, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Oh, God, help me not to get in the attitude and the mentality. I just want to barely get by. No, I want to make it all the way. I want to go as far as I need to go and a little farther. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Daddy used to tell a story about a, an employer, I think, trying to find a driver for his vehicle, whether it be in sales or delivery or whatever. But Brother Craig, I don't know if you remember this story or not. You, how old are you? 38. Daddy's been gone 27 years. So you'd have been about nine or something like that. Whatever. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, whatever. <laughs> Gail can remember this story probably. Daddy would tell about this guy, and he had him get in the vehicle on this curvy, mountainous, I'm taking it, road. And Sister Wilson and I went with Brother Mike and Sister Joyce in that motorhome of his in, 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 in uh, 299 Highway going from, going from, where was it, where? Redding, California, over to Eureka. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I could look down there, and I think one time there was a drop-off, Brother Brad. It must have been four or 500 feet. 
I don't even think it was a guardrail, was it, Sister Pat? No. I'm talking about, whew, makes me, my stomach to come up in my chest right now thinking about it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Brother Billy. And so this guy is trying out for this job of driving this vehicle for this owner of this company. And so he watches him as he drives. And this guy thought he was good. So I'm going to show this driver how close I'm going to get to that edge. And he'll surely hire me the closer I get to the edge and I keep this thing on the road. He'll surely hire me. It didn't happen. The guy said, I don't want a driver that sees how dangerous he can get and how far off into abyss he can get and how close he can get from wrecking this car. I want to see somebody that's on the other side of the road. Come on. I'm telling you, that's, I believe that's the kind of person God wants. He's not looking for people that's want to see how close they can get to the world. Well, can I wear this and get by with it? Is this dress too short? Come on. Oh, Lord, I could go on and on, but I'm going to let you understand what I'm preaching today is not how close we can get to the world, but how far away we can get to it and how close we can get to God. The second mile saint, the second mile saint, the second mile saint. You that live in this proximity, when people, you, I'm talking to you, live in this proximity. I know I'm preaching to people that's maybe in, a, in, in North Carolina right now somewhere. You can't come to this church every Sunday morning. I understand that. Maybe 40 and 50 miles away. Well, I understand that. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be harsh even on the people right here. But when people, when they could be in God's house, and stay at home and listen online and let that ease their conscience. I feel something in this room today. I know I need to be there, but at least I'm listening. Oh, you might be listening, but if you can come, you ought to be in God's house. It ought not be just what can I get by with or how much I have to do, but I want to be there, God. Oh, Lord. Well, it's good to listen at home, and I love for people to be able to listen at home, and I appreciate people listening at home, but I tell you, it's not like being in the house of God where you can be with the saints of God and get the encouragement from one each other and clap your hands together and shout together and praise God together. Come on, I want to see some more people that wants to go the second mile, the third mile, and on, 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 on. Oh, let's love him. Come on, let's love him. I don't want my vehicles to have just enough oil in it to keep the light off. I want to have enough and extra. I, want, I don't want my vehicles just to be barely enough to get to the service station. I want to have enough to pass the service station up if I have to. Brad, you told a story, and I've told this I don't know how many times. Some of you have heard it how many times about the guy that was teaching you, I believe, how to fly one of those portable airplanes. Is that, what is it? Is it a portable airplane? What was it, what's it called? A who? I can't hear too good. A, a radio control remote. There you go, the remote airplane. What did he tell you, Brother Brad? He said to stay two mistakes high at all times. Stay two mistakes high at all times. Fly high enough that if you hit that lever the wrong way, you can still correct it. And if you make two 
wrong mistakes still fly high enough. Is that good preaching or not? Oh, God. Watching for 53 years. I started working here in 1968. That's 55 years, ain't it? Is that right? Is that, it's a long time. How long? 54. Whatever your math says. You'll be 55 and you was born in 67. Man, I've seen a lot of people, I thought, God have mercy. They've made a mistake. They've made a mistake. I've seen them make mistakes over this 50 some odd years. I wondered if they would ever come out of it. And some did, and some didn't. What are you preaching? Don't just stay so close to the earth that if something happens, you won't be able to make it. I am saying get a little closer to God. Go a little closer to God. Get a little closer because the second mistake may take you all the way out into eternity. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Sinning brings death. It did from the beginning. By one man's sin, death was brought upon me. You can't keep going like you're going. If you don't turn around, you're going to die lost and undone. But I tell you what, I believe there's some people in here today that says, I'm not just going to barely make it. I'm going to get in, teeth, hair, and toenail. I'm going to do everything i got to do to be safe and more. Oh, Jesus. Can I go on just a little further? You all right? Everybody okay? The widow of Zarephath had a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil and a cruise, just enough for more little helping. Elijah said, make me therefore a little cake first and bring it to me, and after that, after make for thee and thy, for thy son. The meal of barrel shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. The barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail. What do you say? I'm saying she was at the end of it, but she took that extra step and made the man of God a cake first, and God turned around. He went farther than the first mile. He went farther than the second mile. He, she had enough food to last her and her son, amen, for many days. And the Bible said the, meal, the, bread, the, the barrel of meal wasted not, neither the cruise of all fail, because we're serving the kind of God that's not just to get by God, not just enough to please us, but to satisfy us for on and on and on and on. God is more than a just enough God. I'm telling you, he's able to exceedingly, abundantly, above that which we're even able to ask or think. And we want to get by just barely enough when we got a God that's able to do for us more abundantly. Five thousand men, women, and children needed something to eat. He took five loaves, two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed, break, and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples to the multitude, 5,000 men beside women and children. You know what they did? They took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fishes. Why? Because he didn't stop at just enough. They took up more than was needed, more than what they had to have to feed the 5,000. What are you saying? I'm saying heaven's better than these people that just barely want to get there. 
You understand what heaven is? I don't even think we understand how wonderful it is. It's better than for people that just want to barely get by. Abraham, watch this. Abraham said to his servant, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to my exit lane. Abraham said to his eldest servant of the house, go to my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto Isaac, to, to my son Isaac. Get a wife for him. The servants took 10 camels, watch, of the camels of his master and departed for all the goods of his master were in his hand. He made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw. And let it come to pass, he said, that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let that be the same one that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. When she had done giving him drink, she said, I will draw water for thy camels also until they have done drinking. She ran again to the well to draw water and drew for all his camels. What are you saying? I'm saying we need some camel also people. You know what? Abraham wanted a wife for his son Isaac. So he sent his servant to get it. That's why I'm here today. I'm a servant of the Lord trying to get a wife for the Son of God. And you know what? If I know the scripture, this is telling just exactly what I'm trying to say today. You can't buy, get by with just getting by. He's saying, when, that, when those women come out to draw water, the one that says, hey, I'm going to give you some, something to drink and I'm going to give your camels to drink also, let that be the one. And when she got out there, she said, hey, I'm fixing to get you something to drink. And by the way, these 10 camels over here, oh, Lord, you know how much a camel can drink? It's a 30 gallons, isn't it? 30 gallons of water. 300 gallons. I'm not just going to give you something to drink, sir, but I'm going to get your camels some water also. Oh, that's a whole lot farther than the first mile. I said, that's a whole lot farther than the first mile. God, give us some camel also, people. Here today, whatever it takes, God and more. Woo. Jesus rose up from the supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin. It's what we used to do. It's what we ought to do and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. I watched Brother Hubert Lemons when I was a little boy. How many brother, remember Brother Hubert Lemons? One, two, three, four, just a few of you out here. He would, he would do what this Bible said. He would get that towel and gird it around him. I learned that from him. I don't know if you ever watched me do it, but like do did what the Bible said. You know what? Pour, and, and he poured water into the basin, began to wash the disciples' feet. Then come and he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, you think you're going to wash my feet? Jesus answered unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus had to give him the ultimatum, and that looks like that's what happens, has to happen to a lot of people. Jesus sent and said, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. You know what Peter said then? Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. 
God, if that's what it takes, I want to go farther than just washing your feet. Are you washing my feet? I want you to wash my head and my hands also. God, give us some more head and hands also. People here today that says, yes, God, I'm not just going one mile, but I'm going farther and farther and farther. He went out of his way to help us. And from my message today, I believe it looks to me like this first mile, Christian's not going to make it, but the second mile is going to be the one he comes back after. Hey, camels also. The bride's going to be the one that does the camel also business. You got me? Are you hearing me, saints? Are you hearing me, children of God? Are you hearing me? It's not just the barely get by attitude that's going to make it, but it's going to be the one that, that does and goes farther than the first mile and the second mile, if you will. Not just you, servant, but I'm going to give you camel's water also. I'm going to have you wash my hands and feed also. I'm telling you, Job, Noah, and Daniel were in it, and they saved themselves by being righteous because they were in it. Oh, God, give us some people that are in it. I want to do something right now. I want the choir that was up here a while ago. I want the choir that was up here a while ago to sing that song, amen, amen, whatever, whatever that one that y'all hold amen out on or something. Get, get ready. Run. Hurry, hurry, hurry. I, I, I don't want to waste these people's time. Come, come on. Come on. Whoa, Job, Noah, and Daniel were in it. You know what my Bible tells us and teaches us? We ought to love the Lord with all our soul might, mind, and strength. God help us to love him with everything that's within us. Come on out here, y'all. I'm waiting on y'all. I'm waiting on y'all. Let me, let me stand with me. Stand with me everywhere. You can come to the altar if you want to. Hook up and get ready. I watched a while ago when they were singing one of the most powerful songs that we could have. What's the name of that? Total praise. Total. Everybody say total praise. I can't hardly hear you. That's, that's some of that. That's some of that first mile stuff I just got out of you. Come on. What's the name of this song? Total praise. What does that mean? That means we ought to give total praise. Everything that's within us, with our soul, mind, and strength, everything. Come on. Some of you are not even listening right now. Come on. Soul, mind, sing, 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 sing. Come on, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's give everything we got. Let's. The source of my strength. You are. Oh, that's what we ought to be doing right now all over this place. I lift my hands. I lift my hands in total praise to you.
try to get here at 6 o'clock for prayer, I have a feeling that the Holy Ghost is going to show up and is going to show out and I am willing to bet you that if you'll just come down and open up your arms, open up your mouth and worship the Lord that the Holy Ghost and the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost will just come in and it says in the day of Pentecost, they were all in one cord and in one place and suddenly Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for the presence we have felt here. We thank you for the word of God that has gone forth. We ask you to bring us back to tonight at the appropriate time. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Bring your tithes unto the Lord. Ties to the storm. 